Welcome to the BCP Podcast. I am your host, James, aka BCP, Black Conservative Patriot, Blessed Conservative Patriot, and Based Conservative Patriot. We're going to have a discussion that seems to be tough for some people to have. Some of you are not going to like this conversation. Because you have ideological or other ideas or what have you. But on this show, let's be honest and let's be principle-based. We are going to discuss at the end of this episode that there is some funny business when it comes to the Hamas attack on Israel. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Now let me say right up front, This does not excuse the horrific savagery and barbarian tactics that we have seen Hamas inflict upon innocent civilian women, children, babies, and the elderly. But something's not right with that initial Hamas attack into Israel We're going to look at a set of questions and circumstances. We're going to look at factual things and put our feelings aside. That will be at the end of this report. Let's get into what the theme somewhat is going to be in this episode. Espionage, spying, CIA, death assassination, etc. Let's start off with the news that we got today that Gavin Newsom visited and met with Chinese President Xi inside China's Great Hall of the People. He's the first governor to visit China since 2019. And supposedly, this According to Fox LA, this visit was to focus on the ways that they can tackle climate change and fentanyl abuse together. Now, if you're like me, you know what's really going on here, and you're going to ask a very obvious question. Why is the governor of California meeting with the president of China. He's not the president. Oh, but we know, we know what's really going on here. We know that, in fact, Gavin Newsom is going to be, as I've said many times, the party's choice to replace unelectable 
unreelectable Joe Biden. The Obamas might throw a monkey wrench in that. We shall see. Now, what else is going on when it comes to China? Let's go north for a moment here. Canadian foreign policy has definitely entered a new era in which tensions that were worked out in secret are now out in the open. Now, there's still some diplomatic issues in which India is accusing Ottawa of involvement in the assassination of a Sikh separatist. And now it appears, according to the news and reports, that there is an open war and animosity between our northern neighbors Canada and China. The Canadian government detected a China-linked campaign that involved bots posting disinformation and propaganda in the social media comment section of members of parliament, including also social media accounts belonging to the Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Hmm, this is interesting. They're calling this spamiflage. It used networks and hijacked social media accounts to post bulk messages. This is where, for me, it gets way more interesting. Spy director in Canada says that Canada blocked Chinese acquisitions over espionage concerns. Whoa. Open animus from our neighbors into the espionage of China. This is actually good news. Check this out. The head of Canada's domestic spy agency says the country has blocked Chinese acquisitions of property close to strategic assets over espionage concerns. This is good. Do you see the director of the CIA or the DOJ or Christopher Wray making a stink about China buying property and doing things near military installations? No. Good to see that China's doing, uh, excuse me, that Canada's doing this about China openly. David Vignon, I guess is how it's pronounced. I'm probably wrong. The director of the Canadian Security Intelligence Services said in an interview with CBS News that the agency has identified attempts by actors linked to the Chinese government to snap up locations close to sensitive Canadian assets. We have seen in the past acquisitions of land, acquisitions of different companies, where you start to dig in a little bit further and you realize there is another intent. This is what he said on 60 Minutes in a clip that aired Sunday night. We have seen and block attempts by the PRC to acquire locations near sensitive strategic assets of the country where we knew the ultimate purpose was for spying operations. Well, that's going to be kind of tough for our supposed leaders and secretaries because they are all part of the same machine and puppet show that is Joe Biden, who is happy to bend over and take it from China and let the CCP pull some of the marionette strings controlling Joe Biden. He's got globalist handlers. He's got the establishment uniparty. He's got the globalist cabal. And some of those strings are being pulled by China. Good on Canada. Now, let's move on to this next one. Death 
an assassination with help, coordination, and or by the CIA itself. Let's go back uh, a few months when, uh, actually, I guess last year, well, I guess it's been a full year, when U.S. officials blamed Ukrainians for the assassination of the daughter of Putin's ally who was killed in an explosion outside of Moscow. Hello, welcome to BBC World News. The daughter of one of President Putin's close ideological allies, Alexander Dugin, has been killed in a bomb attack. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Russian media says Daria Dugina died after her car exploded near Moscow. There's been no comment from the authorities. Mr. Dugin, seen on the right in this video, witnessed the aftermath of the explosion. He's a strong supporter of the war against Ukraine and is believed to have inspired President Putin. Analysts believe he, rather than his daughter, could have been the intended target of the attack. The pair were reportedly set to travel back to an event in the same car, but at the last moment, Mr. Dugin decided to travel separately. So why are we bringing up this story? Well, because of what the Washington Post is reporting on. The Ukrainian government denied any involvement with the death of Alexander Dugin's daughter at the time of her assassination. Ukraine, of course, has nothing to do with yesterday's explosion. Uh, the Ukrainian government said, We are not a criminal state unlike Russia and definitely not a terrorist state. Months later, U.S. intelligence agencies insisted that Daria Dugina's assassination was authorized by elements of the Ukrainian government. So we had the U.S. intelligence agency throwing Ukraine under the bus. And now we have the Washington Post throwing U.S. intelligence under the bus. Here we have from the Washington Post the day before yesterday, Ukrainian spies with deep ties to CIA wage shadow war against Russia. Well, isn't that interesting? And if we cut to the chase, this is what we find. These operations have been cast as extreme measures Ukraine was forced to adopt in response to Russia's invasion. In reality, they represent capabilities that Ukraine spy agencies have developed over nearly a decade since Russia first seized Ukrainian territory in 2014, a period during which the services also forged deep new bonds with the CIA. The missions have involved elite teams of Ukrainian operatives drawn from directorates that were formed, trained and equipped in close partnership with the CIA. So what we're really learning here is that supposedly the Ukraine, Ukraine just didn't have a very good intelligence apparatus. The CIA trained them and all of a sudden they're experts in assassination and all kinds of uh, subterfuge and skullduggery. Where they learned that from? Who directed that? It goes back to the CIA. Remember that we are a great nation with great people. But there is lots of evil done by our intelligence agencies. The missions, uh, the excuse me, the extent of the CIA's 
involvement with Ukraine security services has not previously been disclosed. U.S. intelligence officials stressed that the agency had no involvement in targeted killing operations by Ukrainian agencies and that it has worked uh, focused on bolstering those services' abilities to gather intelligence on a dangerous adversary. A senior intelligence official said that any potential operational concerns have been conveyed clearly to the Ukrainian services. So when the liars at the CIA say, we had nothing to do with that, but the Washington Post is breaking down a whole expose about the CIA's involvement in Ukraine's secret service, we're supposed to believe that the CIA wasn't involved in any of this. Hmm. Sounds suspect to me. And now I'm using this as a segue to have what's going to be a tough conversation for some of you. But we're big boys and girls. Put on your big boys and girls pants, panties, drawers. Put on your thinking caps. And let's get into this. And here's the question. What did Hamas aim to gain by its brazen attack on Israel? The surprise attack on Israel by Hamas on October 7th has brought the militant group back into the spotlight. In the attack, Hamas fighters flew paragliders from Gaza and used bulldozers to poke through gaping holes in a barrier fence to gain access to Israeli territory. They killed more than a thousand people and seized at least a hundred hostages. But the question we have to ask ourselves is, how did they do this? How was Israel able to, excuse me, how was Hamas able to enact a surprise attack on Israel? All right, let's look at a tweet. And this tweet came out the day after the attack. And it was from a former... IDF soldier, maybe a reservist. It's in Hebrew, but here is the synopsis. I served in the Israeli Defense Force Gaza Division during the 2014 Gaza War. Listen to me and listen to me well. There's no way in the world that anyone can approach the border without us knowing about it. Talks about how there's people that sit on screens all day, watching the comings and goings. (laughs) And that even if a cockroach and a rat came through, that they would have known about it. So how was it that they came through with 400 men, with tractors? How did all this happen and no one saw it coming? Now let me remind you of a few historical things. Some of you are not going to like this, but Let's go back to Pearl Harbor. The Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor in a surprise attack. An attack that was so surprising that local papers had weeks previously reported in Hawaii that there might be an attack against Hawaii by Japan. Or how about the surprise attack of 9-11? That was such a surprise attack that... We were getting reporting about missing things and money from the Pentagon. And oops, 
That part of the Pentagon got destroyed, supposedly by a plane. We know it was probably a missile. No plane hit the Pentagon. We know that insurance policies were taken out at the World Trade Center before. We know that there were these uh, drills going on, and that's why planes weren't there to intercept. We know that uh, Tower 7 fell down, even though it never got hit. But hey, what happened after that? We went to war uh, with Afghanistan and Iraq because of surprise attacks that no one supposedly knew about. What are you saying here, BCP? Well, it's obvious what I'm saying, but let's get into more detail. Let's just say that there's some questions that we need to answer. Out of nowhere, a small militia made up of people who have been living in a concentration camp for the last 15 years decided to launch a full-on assault and a ground invasion against one of the strongest military powers in the world. We're being told Hamas broke through the border wall and are going around Israeli towns killing and kidnapping civilians. They're launching thousands of rockets and they're actually hitting their targets this time. Hmm. According to several Israelis, experts on security political matters relating to Israel and even former IDF soldiers, the Israeli border fence region is heavily protected and surveilled. Remember, well, I wasn't alive and you probably weren't alive during Pearl Harbor attack. But they were aware it was coming and supposedly there was increased vigilance against a possible raid by Japan. Yet in the middle of the night, they come in and slaughter and bomb us and we don't have proper response. We have, during 9-11, we have a response for when planes go off course and get very close to metropolitan and urban areas. But yet there was no response that day. Isn't that interesting? Some have suggested that not even a cockroach or fox could enter without them knowing. Yet somehow, 2,500 plus Hamas fighters, heavy equipment like bulldozers, and tons of vehicles were able to slip through completely unnoticed. Israel and Gaza are among the most surveilled places on the planet. Israel dedicates a lot of time and effort upon surveillance and security. They are very security conscious. They have Gaza mapped out and under constant surveillance with highly advanced tech, including a giant surveillance balloons, drones, satellites, sensors, cameras, soldiers, metal detectors, bomb-sniffing dogs. Do you get the gist here? Yet somehow Hamas was able to secretly mobilize, and there was no intel, supposedly, about any of this. They have one of the best national intelligence agencies in the world. Some of the most advanced military technologies were surveillance satellites and radars, the Iron Dome and missile defense system, etc. The conclusion that one would draw logically is it was allowed to happen. Well, there's two conclusions that you can draw. That this is a false flag, that Hamas didn't do any of this, that this was all perpetrated by IDF or Israel or Mossad on their own people. I think we can discount that. That is not what happened here. So let's go to the second default. 
it appears that Israel knew this was going to happen and allowed it to happen. 9-11, maybe a mixture of 9-11 and Pearl Harbor. Is it possible there were some IDF people, some Israeli Mossad people that knew this was happening that were part of the planning with plants in in, uh, Hamas and then pulled back security, surveillance, satellites, drones, and allowed it to happen. Hmm. We're just asking questions here, folks. Tough questions that some don't want to have to ask and sure as hell don't want to have answered. Israel's intelligence security agencies, including Mossad, Shin Bet, Shirat 13, Yamam, Yamas, etc., are among the world's best. There is no way no one amongst them didn't know what was coming. The Israelis are known to infiltrate Palestinian communities and territories with agents that are well-versed in Arabic and Palestine's way of life. They have secretive units for this called Mistarim. They're also known to have lots of double agents and informants. Yet all of this passed by them that they had no idea this was going to happen. Now, this was pushed by the mainstream media as well. We'll get to that in a second. Now check this out. This is a worky theory that some anons, sleuths, commentators, autists, Reddit junkies are coming to. They look at the video of the attack on the outpost. The outpost was undermanned by Israel and ill-prepared for a zone under threat that it defies logic. Many of the dead were in underwear and combat vests, a clear sign they had to wake up in a panic to respond, and many others were in basic uniforms with no armor. Where were the sentries? The guards in the towers? Or even manning the gates? You see one or two here and there and a bunch of dead in their bunk rooms showing there was zero coordination and a lot of panic. For a military supposedly as well-trained as the IDF, this doesn't add up. You don't have an outpost on the border of a very hostile area undermanned with barely any armed guards on watch. Well, of course, we were told immediately that this was a failure of intelligence. BBC News with the article. On the same day... How did Israeli intelligence fail to stop major attack from Gaza? We have no idea how this could have happened. That is the reaction of Israeli officials who have been given today, they have been giving today when asked how, with all its vast resources, Israeli intelligence did not see this attack coming. With the combined efforts of Shin Bet, Israeli domestic intelligence, Mossad, and its external spy agency, and all the assets of the IDF, it is frankly astounding that no one saw this coming. Or if they did, they failed to act upon it. Israel has arguably the most extensive and well-funded intelligence service in the Middle East. It has informants and agents inside Palestinian militant groups 
as well as in Lebanon, Syria, and elsewhere. It has in the past carried out precisely timed assassinations of military leaders knowing all their movements intimately. Sometimes these have been done with drone strikes after agents have placed a GPS tracker on an individual's car. Sometimes in the past it has been even used exploding mobile phones. On the ground along the tense border fence between Gaza and Israel, there are cameras, ground motion sensors, and regular army patrols, except for on October 7th. Isn't that interesting? If you're feeling uncomfortable, I'm glad you're feeling uncomfortable watching or listening to this. Once again, if you're on this show, you know what this means. But because there might be some people new here, let me spell out a few things. This has nothing to do with anti-Semitism. This has nothing to do with Israel's right to defend itself against these horrors. But why didn't Israel defend herself against these horrors when they were happening? How were paragliders able to go into a music festival? Now, emotions run high, and I wanted to do this report previously, but I think now is the time. Let's continue. The barbed wire topped fence is supposed to have a smart barrier to prevent exactly the type of infiltration that has taken place in this attack. Yet the militants of Hamas simply bulldozed their way through it, cut holes in the wires, or entered Israel from the sea and by paraglider. To prepare for and carry out such a coordinated complex attack involving the stockpiling and firing of thousands of rockets right under the noses of the Israelis must have taken extraordinary levels of operational security by Hamas. Not surprisingly, the Israeli media has been asking urgent questions of their country's military and political leaders as to how all of this could have occurred. Oh, wait a minute. When did it occur? On Shabbat, on the 50th anniversary of another surprise attack by Israel's enemies at the time of the Yakumpur War of October 1973. Which brings me to another thing that uh, I like to call timing. But I'm getting ahead of myself. That was the BBC report. Right now, uh, Israeli officials told BBC that a major investigation has begun and say it will go on for years. The Warren Commission, the 9-11 Commission, the investigations into what happened, uh, what really happened on January 6th, what really happened at the Las Vegas massacre. Oh, it'll be years. It'll be years before we have any answers. If that isn't suspect, I don't know what is. And of course, there was this from CNN Politics. U.S. officials raised concerns over Israeli intelligence after Hamas attack. Also on Saturday the 7th. Obviously, it was within a day because of the time difference between Israel and the U.S. But you get the gist. Fortune reported... The same day, surprise attack on Israel suggests shocking failure of intelligence agencies. It's highly surprising the Israelis missed that planning. You think? Maybe they didn't miss it. Maybe they allowed it to happen. 
as horrific as that sounds. Oh, James, you must be for Hamas. No, don't be silly. Don't be immature and do not be a leftist. We can separate the people from evil factions in the government. Let's not forget, oh, Mossad, Epstein, Mossad using pedophilia to control U.S. politicians. Please tell me you knew about that. And CNBC the next day, how did Israel and the U.S. miss what Hamas was planning? Oh, and here we go. I reported on this before, but this is important to point out. Yet again, U.S. officials said that if the Israelis knew an attack was imminent, they did not share it with Washington. Because reports are that, in fact, U.S. intelligence and or Israeli intelligence knew Hamas was up to something. Hmm. It's not a coinkydink. CIA reports contained general warnings of potential Gaza flare-up. Reports issued days before the Hamas attack did not foresee such a deadly strike, but did say rocket attacks were possible. Oh, they knew something was amiss a few days before, just that it wasn't going to be to this extent. Hmm. Okay, which leads me to timing. Timing is defined as the choice, judgment, or control of when something should be done. A particular point or period of time when something happens. Hmm. So what was happening about this time? Well, Netanyahu and the country was all up in arms about judicial reforms. And that was a crisis. Oh, speaking of September 11th, on September 11th, the BBC had an article explaining what the crisis was all about. Since the start of the year, huge weekly protests have been held by people opposed to the government's reform plans. The scale of the protests has escalated with tens of thousands of people packing the streets in towns and cities across the country. Protesters have called for all the planned reforms to be scrapped and for the Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu to resign. What is this about? Well, this is about the government, which has a comfortable majority in the parliament, and what they passed law in July, a so-called reasonableness bill that removed the power of the Supreme Court to cancel government decisions deemed extremely unreasonable. So I don't know the ins and outs of this, but the Supreme Court was trying to have power, uh, checks and balances power, similar to what we have constitutional here in the United States. And they wanted to put the government in check and the government didn't like it. And there were all kinds of protests. People were angry. And how fortuitously in the middle of all of this, this is what happens. The attacks happened on the 50th anniversary of the Yom Kippur War. Israel would have been in an even more heightened state of alert at this time. 
These attacks happen at the perfect time for the Israel Netanyahu government. They happen at a time of internal turmoil caused by the nine plus months of protest disunity due to the judicial reform. The Netanyahu coalition was teetering, tottering. The, judici- the judiciary in Israel had only recently started to hear cases associated with the judiciary reform. Now, as a result of the attacks, there is no more disunity, no more protests, and a new emergency unity government has been formed. The attacks conveniently happen at a time when the Ukraine war is all but lost, losing support and slowly fading from the press. Just like that, a new war erupts. Funny how the Ukrainian war started, oh, I don't know, right after about the time that uh, we're no longer in war in Afghanistan and Iraq. They got to have their war, don't they? Once again, folks, just bringing you information. Let's just ask the tough questions. Did Israel know this was going to happen and allowed it to happen to unify the people and have war? And have an excuse to finally rid the world and Israel of Hamas and Hezbollah, take it to Iran. I mean, you have a mass massacre like this and you unite the people and you unite the, the world. Now, let me be very clear because I know as clear as I am, some people are still going to misunderstand me and be emotional. Let's go with the assumption that Israel didn't know about this. They have the right to retaliate against Hamas for what they did. Let's say some people at the top of the government knew about this. These are horrific things. And even though Hamas is allowed to do it, they have the right to go in and finish this. But was this all planned and or allowed to happen by Israel as pretext, as justification for what we're seeing. This is just as it always is. If we're talking about the 1900s and 2000s alone, a new major conflict or enemy is always right around the corner. First it was Germany, the Triple Alliance, then Nazi Germany and the Axis, then the Soviets, Vietnam, North Korean communism, then it's uh, terrorism via the Taliban and Al-Qaeda, and then ISIS. After bin Laden is allegedly killed, the terror threat gets a makeover. Then COVID comes out of nowhere. Then the Ukraine war erupts. Now it's Israel versus Hamas, which could easily turn into a regional war involving Iran, U.S., and NATO. So now we're just asking questions here. And I leave the comment section for you on Locals, for you on Patreon, for you on Spotify to give me your thoughts. What the hell do you think is really going on? Thank you.